heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Pacers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can get a daily dose of great information about your favorite NBA and NFL team including the Pacers right here. And this episode is presented by SeatGeek and their great SeatGeek app, which you can use along with promo code LOPACERS to earn $20 back on your first ticket purchase. My name is Tom Lewis from IndieCornrows.com, and I'm always here to bring you the latest news and notes about the Pacers, trying to share what I see and hear, and also ponder about the Pacers, just like you. Now, on this episode, we'll appreciate the quality effort on the road the Pacers used to beat the Pistons at the Palace of Auburn Hills, which is always fun. And we'll look ahead to the schedule for the week, which begins at home on Monday when the Washington Wizards visit. And we'll also look around the standings in the East, which are fluctuating daily. But before we dive in, a reminder to check in with any questions or comments. You can reach me via email at IndieCornrows at gmail.com or on Twitter at IndieCornrows. So let's get going. Uh, now the Pacers caught the Pistons on the second game of a back-to-back, and they made them pay, as you want to do in that situation, uh, bringing a, a much-needed 105-90 to win back home to Indiana and salvaging a one-and-two road trip last week. So those back-to-backs can get you on one end where they hurt you, and on the other where you get an advantage against an opponent. So you got to take advantage. Pacers are going to have a back-to-back of their own coming up this week. So everything eventually evens out. But again, they're going to catch the Wizards in that same situation on Monday night. But in the game up in Detroit, after you know a tight first quarter and the Pistons kind of jumping out early, making a lot of threes, uh, the Pacers got things going. Paul George was primed and ready to roll in this one. And after a tight first quarter, a second quarter surge put the Pacers up 55-44 at the half, which they would not let go. Paul George scored 14 of his game-high 26 points in the first half. Jeff Teague also added 14 in the first half. So the Stars came to play get the Pacers going, but really the key start of the second quarter, a 10-2 run uh, fueled by Al Jefferson, who scored six of those points, uh, really put the Pacers up, and they were able to make that lead hold as they started to create some separation. Now, Paul George was brilliant at times, and especially early in the game, got things going, and then again in the third quarter, but again, he helped the Pacers weather that early outburst from the Pistons as they made four three-pointers in the first quarter and it appeared, appeared like Contavious Caldwell Pope was going to have the game of his life and go into clay mode or something on the Pacers. But they were able to contain it and turn things around in their favor eventually, which was nice. Um, and while PG was playing like a star, he also had 
plenty of support along the way. Again, Jeff Teague had the big first half, but overall he had a 19 points, 8 assists, and 9 rebounds for the game. And his backcourt running mate now, Glenn Robinson the third. he allowed the double-double with 12 points and 12 rebounds. So you add that up, 21 rebounds from your starting backcourt. That's, that's some nice help uh, for those big guys and uh, really uh, made a difference for the Pacers. As those two were getting the ball and going, um, it was, in fact, GR3 was literally the running mate for Teague all night. And you often saw him running and filling a lane in transition as the ball was going the other way. And he rarely got the ball. But the fact that he was he was out there running and forcing the defense to account for him and put pressure on them, it really opened things up for the Pacers and made uh, for some easier scoring opportunities for others. Oftentimes for Jeff Teague, uh, a couple times he pulled up in transition and as the defense was trying to track down Robinson. So... Those are things that we're not always seeing in games consistently. And you know that's something that is being preached, that if we get the ball and get going and fill that lane, and Robinson really made an effort in this one uh, to do that. And it wasn't always with a payoff uh, for a bucket, but he certainly helped provide other opportunities for his teammates and also, again, put that pressure on the Pistons and uh, make life difficult for them defensively. That just softens everything up. Even if they end up getting into a half-court set, they're scrambling to get set up, and it's not as easy to guard. So great effort from Robinson getting that thing rolling in transition. And seeing that effort to put pressure on the Pistons' D, you know, just really fun to watch. And, you know, speaking of watching, if you want to catch the Pacers or hit any big events in person, make sure you use SeatGeek to get tickets. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for games you want to see up close and in person. There's nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, whether that's courtside, club seats, or in the upper level. Now the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I'm always using it to check ticket rates and find things for friends and family if you want to come to the game. Always a great way to find the best tickets and you get great deals. Just look for that big green dot on the map and you'll find the right ticket, whether that's in the upper deck or down low. Because with SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket. SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop. But SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for the buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. And best of all, for my listeners, you get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. So to get the $20 rebate, make sure you download the SeatGeek app, then go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code, then enter promo code LOPACERS. That's all one word, all caps, LOPACERS. And then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOPACERS today. Now one more highlight from the Detroit game 
that we got to touch on is part of the great defensive possession they had early in the fourth quarter. Reserve unit was on the floor, and they managed to stymie the Pistons for 38 seconds in a great effort, a team defensive effort that included Aaron Brooks, Al Jefferson, Glenn Robinson III, Fab Young, and C.J. Miles. And really, it all started with Brooks and Jefferson ding up pick and roll, which is not their forte, but they were able to stop it and get and force the Pistons into other options in the half court. And eventually, Andre Drummond fired a bad shot, and the only problem was it bounced so far off the rim. Pistons were able to gather it in, and then for the remainder of that shot clock, the defense was on point. They were switching, they were helping, they were making things tough on the Pistons to even get a shot, and eventually uh, Glenn Robinson III was right in Contavious Caldwell Pope's mug as he tried to fire a three-pointer, which didn't even make it to the rim, and Jefferson was able to grab it out of the air. And the cool part about that was not only the great effort to get the stop, which was really a, a signature play in the game, but on the bench, you had Paul George up the whole time, and as the possession continued, the whole bench rose to their feet, com- continued rooting for the guys, and when they got that stop, they were all high-fiving and, and really excited and celebrating on the bench. So just a great team effort in that case, you know, from 1 through 13, which was really fun to watch. So uh, one other funny note from the broadcast after the game, uh, Jeff Teague was talking with Jeremiah Johnson, on the Fox Sports Indiana postgame show. And as they're wrapping up talking about the game, uh, J.J. kind of caught Teague off guard by asking him about his last time at the Palace and what happened. And uh, Teague kind of was didn't know what he was getting at and then kind of forgot, didn't wasn't thinking on the same wavelength. And then all of a sudden it dawned on him that, oh, yeah, uh, this was a game when the Hawks, Team bus left while Teague was still at the arena, and there's the photos of him out in the uh, outside the arena with a pizza box and, and no ride home, and it kind of started symbolizing the fact that yeah the Hawks are going to be moving away from Jeff Teague next season. So uh, it was kind of funny to see Teague finally it finally dawned on Teague that that's what he was getting at, um, and it might have been a little vicious of JJ. He might be uh, getting something coming back at him from Teague eventually. For that one, so it was uh, pretty funny though to see see his reaction when uh, it dawned on him, and he mentioned that yeah he'll be the first one on the bus after the game last night. So assuming he made the bus and is back in Indy now, so let's move on to the week ahead for the Pacers, which starts on Monday night as they catch the Wizards on the bad end of a back to back at the Fieldhouse, and then the next night they're going to have to be in the same position playing the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Uh, so the Wiz had a nice 117-110 win over the Clippers on Sunday night. Bradley Beal had six three-pointers and scored 41 points. John Wall added 18 points and 11 assists. So the Wiz are not unlike the Blazers with uh, Lillard and McCollum uh, leaning heavily on that backcourt to make things work. They've also been without Yamahimi all year. Uh, he's had knee issue and 
apparently has had a favorable MRI recently, but uh, has yet to play. I don't believe he's expected to play on Monday night. Hopefully he'll be there at least. Be nice to see Mahimi, a great former Pacer who just recently picked up a Teammate of the Year award from last year. So uh, as for the big guys, uh, they definitely need some help from Mahimi. They've been leaning on Marcin Gortat in the middle, who has had a solid season. But really, the Wizards' main problem is their reserve. Rotation off the bench is not real strong. Basically, Andrew Nicholson, Trey Burke, Marcus Thornton. So this is certainly an area where the Pacers need to take advantage, uh, even though they'll be shorthanded as well, assuming that Rodney Stuckey and Monte Ellis remain out. So then the Pacers again, as I mentioned, will be in New York on Tuesday to play the Knicks, which will be a tough game. They're fighting for Eastern Conference real estate against the Knicks, who have been a little bit up and down lately. If there's one place where you want to play back-to-back, it is Madison Square Garden. It seems like, at least for the Pacers especially, that place always brings its own level of energy. So if the problem is energy after playing the game the night before, sometimes uh, getting under those bright lights in New York City will bring out the best in everyone, no matter how tired they may be heading into the arena. So hopefully that's the case. You know Paul George is going to want to show up well in New York, and hopefully he can lift the whole team with him, and they give the Knicks uh, a tough game on Tuesday. And then the week wraps up on Thursday night, back home at the Fieldhouse, when the Celtics visit. So you'll see the Pacers play three teams that are in the mix for the final six spots in the East at this point. That is crazy that so many teams are bound up um, and involved in that mix in the final six. But And yes, I'm including the Wizards among that group because after going 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, they're back in the mix. They're uh, only at 12 and 14, so uh, literally only game behind the Pacers in two games out of fourth place. So uh, they're in the mix. So you consider there's, you know, eight teams currently treading water in that eastern morass uh, for the third through eighth spot. And while we may be really frustrated with the Pacers, uh, there are worse stories in the east right now. The Bulls and the Hawks are both 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games and are sliding. The Hawks are in 10th right now. Bulls are down to 8th at 13-13, and 13, uh, just behind the Pacers. So then you got the, the Hornets, Bucks, and Knicks are 4, 5, and 6, respectively, in the East. But really, just one and a half games separates the 3 through the 10 spot. And you can bump that to two and a half games to get the top 11. That'll include the Wizards. So taking care of your home court and beating teams like this when you get a chance to go head-to-head, like the Pacers did in Detroit, goes a long way. But this is a race I have a feeling is going to last uh, all the way to the end of the season, the way things are going right now. No doubt injuries at some point may knock a team out, uh, but these teams have been hot and cold. You know, the Wizards are kind of trending up now. The Hawks and Bulls are trending down. The Bucks have been real strong. The Hornets were closer to the top two uh, for a while, but they've dipped down and now are, are in that middle range. Maybe they're right in the ship after a good win on Sunday or on Saturday. 
but no one in the conference is really putting up any impressive, consistent winning streaks here, other than maybe the Raptors right now have the best current 10-game uh, record at 8-2. and two. Everybody else seems like is 5-5, five and 6-4, five, and four, uh, except for a few of those teams that are struggling with 3-7. and seven. I mentioned the Bulls and Hawks among those teams. So that's really leveled out the playing field with those two, two teams dipping back into that that middle range. So Pacers have a good chance this week against some of these teams they're competing with to jump up. It only takes a two-game winning streak to jump a few spots. And, in fact, the Pacers jumped uh, three spots with uh, one win over the Pistons on Saturday night. So, obviously, this is not decided and not even close to being decided. And we'll be continuing to watch as the schedule unfolds here since we're only in mid-December heading towards Christmas. So thanks again to SeatGeek for supporting the podcast. And also thanks to you for listening. And please feel free to reach out with any questions and comments at email. You can reach me at, g- at IndyCornrows at gmail.com and on Twitter at IndyCornrows. And as always, you can find the podcast on audioboom.com. And you can subscribe through iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Google Play, where all of the past episodes are available. So please check them out. And that's all for now. You've been listening to Lockdown Pacers on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You got it.